As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Stealing ourselves for a busy week of injury updates on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello, everyone. Welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 for Thursday, November 5th. I am Michael Feller, joined as always by Derek Van Riper. DVR, we think, as of our as of our recording, that we are starting the Week Nine schedule off today. How you doing? Doing pretty well. Killing some bugs here as we get started too. I don't know where they're coming from. It's oh. warm outside here, so all the last uh, bugs of the season are trying to find their way indoors before <laughs> it freezes again. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, Derek and I, if you don't know, are both in the upper Midwest here, so we're enjoying a little bit of uh, warm weather here as we record this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. And like I said, as of our recording, Packers and 49ers is still scheduled to go forward, even though Kendrick Bourne tested positive for COVID-19 on Wednesday morning. So we will assume for the sake of this recording, that this game is going to happen on Thursday night. And if it does happen, Aaron Jones will be listed as questionable. You know what to do here. If Aaron Jones plays for the Packers, he plays for you. If he doesn't, it's looking like a split between Dexter Williams and Tyler Irvin in the backfield. We talked about this on Wednesday's episode of Fantasy Football in 15. The basic takeaway, we're not going to get into it in detail here, is if you're desperate, we can see a way to take to starting one of those two guys, but you still probably need to be pretty desperate to have confidence in Dexter Williams or Tyler Irvin in your lineup. We also had some other COVID news on Wednesday, and this one we are going to focus on for a little bit longer. Matthew Stafford was placed on the COVID-19 list by the Detroit Lions. Now, he does not have te- uh, have COVID-19, or he hasn't tested positive for it. What has happened is that he was in close contact with someone who has tested positive. So what this means for Matthew Stafford is if he has five straight days of negative tests and no symptoms, he can play this week against the Minnesota Vikings. If you're doing the math, five straight days takes you right up to Sunday. So this is something where unless he tests positive on Thursday or on Friday or something, we're not going to know whether Stafford is playing or not until Sunday morning. So this is something we're going to have to be uh, very closely watching on Sunday, assuming we get to that point without a positive test from Matthew Stafford. Derek, for the sake of our conversation here, it really only makes sense to talk about 
if Stafford doesn't play. And I think it's worth talking about Stafford not playing as people get ready for the weekend and get ready to set their lineup. So in a scenario where Matthew Stafford doesn't play, it'll probably be Chase Daniel. David Blau is also there, and David Blau started a few games for this team last season. But most likely Chase Daniel starts this game for the Lions if Stafford is unable to go with Daniel at the helm. Your thoughts on Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift in this matchup? I mean, I think they might go to a more run-heavy game plan, so I could see Swift maybe getting a slight uptick in value just because they shift more from uh, pass to run in their overall balance and play calling. I do think it would lower the ceiling for both Jones and Hawkinson just because there is a drop from Stafford to Daniel. I think that's a reasonable statement to make at this point. Um, But, you know, it's not such a bad situation backup-wise where you're totally abandoning those guys. And I think with Marvin Jones, because Kenny Galladay is out, you're getting enough of a target boost where he's still probably firmly in the wide receiver three conversation with Daniel, whereas with Stafford starting, he'd probably be more of a top 20, top 25 guy who we're looking at as a steady wide receiver too, based on targets and opportunities. So Jones would still probably be in my lineups most of the time. Hawkinson, because tight end gets so so thin Mm -hmm. so quickly, I think he'd stay in as well. He's a nice big target. He's going to get opportunities in the red zone. I don't think this is a Lions offense that will completely crater with the move to Daniel, but you do have to create a situation or make some slight adjustments across the board to your projections. Yeah, I agree with you completely here. TJ Hawkinson's locked into your lineups is a bit of a bummer for him, but you're not going to suddenly go away from him unless you are, you know, in the half a percent of people who have two viable tight ends and you can turn away from TJ Hawkinson. I would be a little bit more um, cautious, perhaps, with Marvin Jones. Again, you would have to be pretty deep at wide receiver, especially when you look at the four teams that are on bye this week. No Tyler Boyd, no Travis Fulgham, no Robert Woods, no Cooper Cup, no Jarvis Landry, or taking some guys who would maybe play in place of Marvin Jones off the board this week if you're talking about a league with evenly spread wide receiver resources. I would be a little bit more cautious, though, because you know he really hasn't been an overwhelming player this season, and he's had opportunities without Kenny Galladay last week. Galladay missed basically that entire game. Marvin Jones did score two touchdowns, but had just three catches for 39 yards. Galladay missed weeks one and two. Uh, Marvin Jones got 14 targets in those games, caught eight of them for 78 yards and a touchdown. So it's not as though he has taken this great advantage of the opportunities he has had this season with Kenny Galladay out of the lineup. Now, I have him in a league. I had him in my lineup pretty easily when Stafford was playing, and uh, I looked at it this morning, and I thought, eh, you know, maybe I'm going to take him out. But as of right now, he's still in my lineup. So I agree with you. In more cases than not, you're still probably going to play Marvin Jones, but I don't necessarily think it's a slam dunk the way that it looked like it was going to be when Matthew Stafford was going to play. And of course, this could all be for naught. We could have just wasted the last uh, two and a half, three minutes if Matthew Stafford gives us five straight days of negative tests and is able to go on Sunday. But we had to talk about it. That is where we stand on the Detroit Lions and Matthew Stafford. Uh, let's take a look at the Los Angeles Chargers backfield here, Derek. We've got Tremaine Pope, who you know suddenly played a big role for this team a week ago, got more touches then Joshua Kelly, but he is in concussion protocol. Anthony Lynn, meanwhile, saying that Joshua Kelly has been, quote, running timid. Uh, Justin Jackson has been the clear lead back for that team in two of three games played without Austin Eckler. And while I don't think anyone is going to necessarily run away with the job until Austin Eckler is back, I do think, or at least I am comfortable saying that Justin Jackson is the guy as far as anyone is going to be the guy in this Chargers backfield Do you agree with me? 
Yeah, I mean, if you look at the the last three games now, you have two of those three games where Justin Jackson's had at least 40% of the Chargers' carries. I mean, that bodes really well when you look at the way they distribute everything there. Uh, Pope, actually, yeah, I, I didn't expect him to have any sort of meaningful role at all. He had more carries or a larger percentage of carries than Kelly did against the Broncos in Week 8. So Kelly might be borderline droppable in more standard sort of formats. I think that's at least something you can think about as we look ahead to these next couple of weeks. How good is Jackson, though, really? Like, yeah, it, it's is a fair he, question. We keep coming back to Gio Bernard and Boston Scott and these sort of other replacement sort of backs. I think he kind of fits into that mold skill set wise. But in this offense, you know, Justin Herbert at the controls certainly looks capable of helping this team put a lot of points on the board. That's pretty good. Like I, I, yeah. I think you're talking about a, a top twenty, top twenty five back week in and week out with that sort of carry load and with his role in the passing game too. That's some of these other guys that step in don't get both opportunities. And right now Jackson's getting both. Yeah, I think you're comfortably playing Jackson for the time being. And it's because he is getting both, as you said. So we've got two games of the three that Eckler has missed where he's given you at least 15 carries. One game, 15 for 71. The other, last week, 17 for 89. All three games, he's had at least five targets. Six targets, six targets, five targets. All three, he's had at least 23 receiving yards. Last week, 53. The week before, 43. So he is getting, I mean, basically what we would refer to as workhorse sort of uh, of a, a workload in this Chargers offense since Eckler's been down. And while he does not have the typical workhorse ceiling that we see from a lot of other guys, the opportunities are going to be there for him. So I think you are comfortably playing Justin Jackson. That definitely applies uh, this week against the Raiders. Next week, they go to Miami. The week after, the New York Jets, none of those teams really scare you. You're going to see the Chargers favored in at least two of those games. They're favored against the Raiders this week. They're going to be favored at home against the Raiders in week 11. And it doesn't sound like Austin Eckler's coming back anytime soon. So Justin Jackson looking like one of these sneaky midseason finds who could be on a lot of playoff contending and championship contending fantasy teams looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, Derek, it is Thursday on Fantasy Football in 15. You know what that means? Our first big sweep of practice reports. I'm just going to read a list of guys who got limited practice, and we're going to talk a little bit about some guys who did not practice on Wednesday. The limited practice players, Ezekiel Elliott because of a hamstring, uh, TJ Hawkinson because of a toe, Sterling Shepard, shoulder, Jonathan Taylor, ankle, Logan Thomas, ankle, Patrick Laird, ankle. Why is Patrick Laird interesting? We'll talk about that in a second. Tim Patrick, 
hamstring. Also, Chris Godwin was a full participant. Tampa Bay just did a walkthrough, but something maybe to keep an eye on. We're really not going to know about Chris Godwin if he's able to return from that finger a fracture until probably Friday of this week. Let's get to the no practice, guys. Alvin Kamara didn't practice. He has a bone bruise on his foot. The word on New Orleans from Kamara, from the beat reporters, is don't worry about it. This is precautionary. Alvin Kamara is going to play a huge game against the Buccaneers on Sunday. Kelvin Ridley not practicing because of the foot injury. Remember, he will have 10 days to come back from this. This was suffered in the first half of last week's Thursday night game against the Panthers. Falcons are calling him day to day. Carl, uh, Chris Carson, excuse me, uh, did not practice on Wednesday. Seahawks are saying he won't practice Thursday either. He will be evaluated on Friday with that foot injury. They're already saying that Carlos Hyde likely out. Travis Homer likely back. So if Chris Carson plays, he definitely plays for you. If Chris Carson doesn't play, how do we feel about DJ Dallas in this matchup at Buffalo against the Bills? A little better than how I felt about him going up against San Francisco. I mean, the Bills have been leaky to opposing running backs. They're more of like league average in terms of what they allow fantasy points-wise to opposing backs. And as we were talking before, uh, about Justin Jackson, I think DJ Dallas has the chance to have both functions, the main ball carrier and the primary pass catcher out of the backfield, given the other injuries that they're dealing with. All the questions about skills remain, but it's a volume-based game, and it's an easier matchup than the one we saw last week. So I think Dallas would be startable, albeit at a level below someone like Justin Jackson, because there are major efficiency concerns. Just so nice to play next to someone like Russell Wilson, and we saw it from DJ Dallas last week. 18 carries, 41 yards, five catches for 17 yards. I mean, that is some, you know, Frank Gore at 37 years old level of efficiency. But hey, Russell Wilson puts you in good positions. He puts your team in scoring positions, and sometimes you're the guy who gets lucky and pushes it that last yard or two across the goal line. DJ Dallas did that a couple of times last week. You could do worse, certainly, with all the injuries, with all the buys, than just tie yourself to Russell Wilson and hope that DJ Dallas does it again. Of course, this is all moot if that evaluation for Chris Carson goes well on Friday. Mark Ingram did not practice on a Wednesday, and practice or no for him later this week, it's feeling like he might be getting squeezed out of the lineup in favor of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, both of them going for big games. We talked about it already a little bit earlier this week, but it bears reiterating as we get closer and closer to Sunday. I think J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, Derek, are both worthy of being treated as RB2s this week against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I mean, I think you're looking at a situation where the Ravens' passing game continues to struggle because they can run a lot of RPO with Lamar Jackson and they have two backs they trust. They could be the most ground-heavy offense in the league and you could know it's coming and still not be able to stop it. There's a drive late in that game uh, the Ravens had against the Steelers that I think it was nine straight run plays late in the game. I mean, like that's... That's possible for stretches from and the while office. they're trailing too. While they were trailing, it was working. They were getting yeah. six or seven yards a pop. Like, there, there really wasn't an easy way to stop it. So, I think there's enough to go around to sustain both Edwards and Dobbins most weeks. The Colts, I, I still don't know what to make of this team overall. <laughs> but on paper, they're the same kind of match the Steelers were in terms of how stingy they are to opposing backs. So. If you could see Edwards and Dobbins play as well as they did against Pittsburgh, it's really hard to say they can't do it again against the Colts. So I, I think you nailed it. I think they're both comfortably in lineups because the only thing that would really push one of those guys out is if 
one of Edwards or Dobbins took over a larger share of the role. And as we've been saying for at least a week or so now, it doesn't look like they're really going to do that. J.K. Dobbins has some fantastic numbers in terms of yards after contact and broken tackles. Like He absolutely could take on a larger workload, but Edwards isn't bad. So they have this luxury of being able to rely on both of those guys. It got a feeling we're going to be talking about J.K. Dobbins. It's a very high-priced fantasy pick in 2021. Really quickly, the last guys we've got here, Devontae Freeman, no practice, so Wink Allman looking like a potential RB2 flex play against Washington if Freeman is again out with that ankle injury. Phillip Lindsay, John Brown, T.Y. Hilton all did not practice with foot, knee, and groin injuries respectively. Kenyon Drake being called questionable by Cliff Kingsbury. We'll see how well that holds up. Probably not this week, but maybe is back sooner than originally expected from that ankle injury. And finally, Finally, we wrap it up with a look at Matt Breida. We just talked about him 24 hours ago, thinking that he was the prize of the waiver wire, and then suddenly he too does not practice alongside Miles Gaskin. Breida dealing with the hamstring injury. That's why I said Patrick Laird. That's why he being limited in Wednesday's practice was relevant. If Matt Breida doesn't go, maybe we're looking at Jordan Howard as someone who gets into fantasy lineups, but this is one we don't need to dive into too deeply just yet, Derek. I think we'll get a little more information on Thursday, and then we can really start thinking about what we do with this Miami backfield in week one without Miles Gaskin. That is going to do it for us on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not yet an athletic subscriber, you can get yourself in the door. Everything that we do right at your fingertips, just $1 per week. Go to theathletic.com slash football in 15 to do so. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great day.